Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's got to 2-2 two, two, and we've still got more than half an hour to go and here's Ozil, Lacazette, Ozil! Go! Could it went left, but it went right. Could it went right, but it went right. Said it was Ian, but it went right. Number the pass on pass on sight. MVP in the Hello and welcome to another Touchy Gooners podcast issued by Dan Coogs on hosting duty today. Um, full full house today, man. Um, Sean, how you doing? Uh, what's he bono? I'm hot, blood. I'm actually just hot, bro. I'm suffering. Out here, bro. <laughs> Fuck this guy, man. Oh, yeah, man. Hey, Sean, man. Hey, you guys. Yeah, we're gonna start a GoFundMe um, to get some aircon for Sean because bro, I was, I was you know, what? I was, I was even looking at the dice and things today, bro. But I can't justify paying like five bills, bro. Yeah, hey, yeah, bro. yeah, hey, yeah don't buy it. Hey, it's don't buy. It. I bought I one. Can't I, just, I bought one on Friday. It's yeah. nah, man. It's, it's just hot air. Nah, it's just aircon unit. The aircon unit is hot air. Dyson don't do aircons. They do the tower fans. They do them um, special fans. They're not aircons. Like mm. you can't put water in them. There's no water leak capacity. It's it, bro. It's it black. It'll, it'll start pushing dry air. You'll go mad. Yeah. I've got mine up, bro. I've got the mine upstairs. It's going back to the curry <laughs> tomorrow. But there's there's you. there's your listeners there's your listeners review yeah don't get a, don't get don't a Dyson, Dyson Dyson fan yeah don't get a Dyson fan but yeah Sean looks stylish though can't lie looking stylish <laughs> Sean I'm I'm liking the SV on the t-shirt as well man but yeah. this guy I could tell I could tell he's been suffering all week he was even asking in the WhatsApp guys give me opinions on short sleeve shirts this guy <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Already, bro. I'm ready, bro. I'm ready to bust one of them, man. Hey, so my 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 missus is right now, yeah, and 
there's a, she's adopted this kitten and this kitten has just attacked me, bruv. Like, bro, I'm gonna need a whole die. <laughs> my god, this thing, this thing just scratched my arm. What the hell? Hold that, brother. Hold that. Man, take this thing. Hey, you said you know in Thailand they eat cat, innit? Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, so if you, you hear friend, random you random exclamations from me, yeah, that's that's what's going on. But Shabs, German Dan, how you guys doing as well, man? I'm good, I'm, man. I'm, I'm good. I'm all good. I'm hot, but I'm good still. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm yeah. I'm local. I'm local. I'm 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 I've been bumping um Jay Huss on Burner Boy. Like, come on, mm. man. You know, listening to him spit ebonics in pigeon English. It's beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> I, I ain't been on in a while, you know. I think it's been a couple hmm? weeks, maybe. Yeah, I ain't what? been on in a while. Yeah, German. I, 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 I ain't spoke to you. We ain't, we ain't conversed in, in a little mm. while, man. Um, he's just, he's just too busy putting up blastics on Tuesday night football. Um, but, but <laughs> yeah, it's good to have him. you on, man. It's good to have yeah, you man, on. So, so guys, yeah, there's not actually been that much Arsenal news. Um since the last podcast we obviously we spoke on transfers this that, and the other and it seems that basically um edu has taken a little bit of a break he's uh opened up the barbecue um and he's been he's been uh, grilling some steaks you know not too much transfer news but uh one name that has popped up um recently is lucas paqueta this was a link that you know i wasn't too sure um was was a real one um you know, I thought it might just be agent talk. He, he, him seeing, uh, you know, Arsenal in the in the in the market for a midfielder, that kind of thing. Um, and his agent just said, "Yeah, this might be a good opportunity to get this guy um, a move out of Europe." But it seems that this has been verified by a couple sources now um, that Arsenal have opened up some discussions with him. Um, so, you know, you three, I think, have watched him a bit more than I have. So I'm going to defer to you on this. So, like, if this is a, a move that Arsenal are making, how do you see him fitting in? Um, I'll start with you, Shab, since you're off mute. Um, I think it's that actually there's a lot of versatility. Um, for, for me, I like him as a 10. I like him in the, the attacking midfield slot. Um, he does a lot of his work where Odegaard tends to do his work. Well, that's what I've noticed from him really playing off the right-hand side um, or into the right channels. Um, I like him. He's got like really short, sharp exchanges and um, just has that ability to produce moments of magic. So um, you'll watch him in games, but you know anyone who hasn't got the time for that, just watching him on highlights, you'll see him do these outrageous um, like back hills where he's finding players, he's finding moving targets, um, you know, operates really well in tight space. So he can do those things really well as a 10. But, you know, also he's been used as an eight. Um, mm. I was actually mistaken in terms of how frequent he's been used as an eight. We know he can play there. But, um, yeah, since I, I, I was corrected by my fellow um, brother German Dan, gone back and reviewed the tapes as well and seen actually he's done a lot of good work as an eight also and um I like him you know I think he plays there for Brazil he has played there at times for the Brazil national team as well um you know we had a Blasic in Copa America really 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 where he just took it on and he's had fantastic um he's had like a fantastic two seasons I'd say in 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 Lyon now um I think he might be better than Bruno G if I'm keeping it a buck, um, I don't know if I'm 
gassed about it or actually if the more I'm taking him in, the more I'm saying actually I think there's a bit more diversity to him than um definitely there's a lot more diversity to him than there is Bruno G. But um yeah, I really like him and he's a player who, like I said before, he's Yoga Benito, he's can produce moments of magic. And I think he always finds his way past the man and into space. So I'm very excited about him. Um you know, and I'd 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 be happy to see him at Arsenal, and I I, I don't think he necessarily be confined or restricted to one um, position. I think we might see him being used in a, in a variety of different ways for Arsenal. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And Shabs, I guess um, you can answer this question, or Sharon or Dan, you can answer this as well. Babs, look, let me just say that's a funny comment, yeah, but stay off, stay off the stream, yeah. You're, we're we're not, we're not here for you, yeah. We're not here for you, please. Perhaps um, we'll cook you as well, you know. We'll you right like, we'll, we will cook you right now. We've got material. Don't, 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 don't come around there with all of that. Yeah. So, um, so what, what kind of, what kind of, st- what, what, how would you describe his style of play, really, Paqueta? You know, because I've seen some people call him box to box. I've seen some people call him more of like an attacking midfielder, more of a ten. Um, so how would, how would you describe his play? I would say he's all action. I, I would say he's all action. I think it's all action. I think there's a game that I remember watching him. And I think, you know, when, when watching players, I think it's always good to watch clips. Um, of course, like the compilations where you see the best bits and then watch clips of individual games where they, you know, piece up their best actions. But the best, you know, barometer is still watching a full game, seeing how they are with the ball, without the ball, how they respond to, you know, um, you know the team, the way the team is playing, how they, you know, you know, Responding to certain different game situations. I game think it's just the best way of yeah, best yeah. way of kind of judging a player. And I remember watching him um against um PSG and I just thought he was he was up. I mean Leon Leon didn't have a great season, um, but when they play PSG they they, they like rising that and he was up for it, man. He was up for it. Um I thought he was very, very good in that game in terms of winning the ball back. I, I was honestly surprised the amount of times he was winning the ball back. It was an absurd amount. It was not just, yeah, he nicked it a couple of times. He was winning the ball cleanly um, and not just, you know, when someone wins the ball and then, you know, it just kind of gets deflected somewhere else. Like he was winning the ball clean, clean possessions and getting up the pitch. So that's a big, big quality of his. And um, in addition to the obvious technical stuff that I think most people are probably aware of when they watch some some clips of him. And um, he's a very, very, very capable finisher of either foot um, I think his shooting technique is very, very, very good. Um, he has a strong willingness to get into the box, um, but he also has the willingness to work back. And this is why I say all action. I think this is a player with very good technical skills. Um, I, I, I shouldn't say very good, like top, top technical skills. Um, and I think in some way, short perform, and we we probably will touch on this a bit more and more detail and how he could fit in. I think he's he's what we need. And I think there's a big... Maybe not big, but there's there's a clear difference between the way he plays, the way Fabio Vieira plays, and the way um, Udiga plays for me. Um, they're all left footers, cool. And um, on on you know on a surface level, you would say, are oh, they all play ten? They all receive the ball between the lines. But if you go into more granular detail, I think there's there's differences. And you know, just to briefly touch on that for me, Vieira looks like a final third specialist. Um, and I think these comments were very clear on. We, we haven't got that kind of final third specialist in the team at the moment. And people were kind of saying, well, why is he saying that when we have Udegaard? 
But when you really watch the games, where does Udegaard pick up the ball majority of the time? Wide and a bit deeper. So he's someone I think is very much a playmaker, but in terms of ball progression and, you know, um, finding teammates and, you know, facilitate entries into the box from 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 that side. Um, and then I think Pakita is, um, is a player that, you know, arrives in the box late, um, can drive into the box with the ball and he likes shooting uh, and scoring. So I think he's a different type of threat to the other two. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited by this link, um, and I, and and I hope we can get that done. And to to kind of echo what Shap said, I think he has greater quality than Bruno G. Um, I think that much for me is clear. They're different players, but um, if you ask me who has got you know great quality, I'd say Pakita. So yeah. And Sean, I know, I know you got very strong opinions on on Paquette. I've been reading your tweets. You know, you've been gassing me almost. You know, you've been like, "Yeah, bring this guy's quality." You know, bring him through. So, you know, I'm going to let you in on this conversation as well. So, why why is it that you're so you know sort of keen on this signing um, for Arsenal to bring him in? Yeah, I feel like <laughs> me and Leroy have been going back and forth like for the last two weeks in terms of what we need, how it should look, what the priority should be, what type of profile. We should be. Um, I'm. I'm not as as too fussed about that because when I'm looking at it, I'm trying to look at it from a perspective of what Arteta wants rather than what I think he wants. You know, I think German Dan made the point yesterday. Our priorities are probably different to what you know Arsenal's priorities are this season. I think Arsenal were looking to you know based on the links we want to create and score more. That was the obvious deficiency last season, um, and we're trying to get more players in between the lines, more players higher up. I think you know there's a couple things to. To, to, to notice, you know, we are, we play 4-3-3 now. We play, you know, both our fullbacks invert, which is why obviously we chased Martinez hard. I've seen now a new link with Matt Bienko from Chaktar Donetsk as well. So we want these guys, both fullbacks who will be playing in the same line as party. They're key to build up. So, you know, they're creating different angles in build up to try and find the eights who are very high up. Like I said, a lot of it is not too dissimilar from what City are doing. You know, we're putting our own spin on it which is why I think, you know, people think we need a controller in midfield, obviously, which is why it comes to, you know, the Tielemans name keeps coming up. Obviously, Pakatar for me, is a lot more dynamic um, as German dancer. I think, you know, people make the comparisons with Erdegaard and Vieira because they're both, they're all lefties. And But he, this guy is non-stop energy. His work rate, his intensity, he's up and down, covers copious amounts of ground. And the big difference between him and the other two, Pakatar six foot. He's a big guy, do you know what I mean? He's not like, a, he's not slight. He wins. If you can go back, there's um, you know, uh, there's like a two minute clip highlight on. You can see him when he played against West Ham in the Europa League last season. You know, he was coming up against Rice. He was, you know, a shielding the ball well. He wasn't getting pushed off it. He was winning duels. Um, I think, yeah, like I say, people praise him because obviously we know his technical qualities are fantastic. But the guy's very durable, very robust, not afraid to put his foot in. Um, and he, like Gabriel Jesus, he's my man got that dog in him. Do you get me? So like, I, I, need, I, I need that. I need that in my club. And I, I just think, you know, um, Arteta has his, you know, it, it's obvious, it's easy to make the comparisons, you know, like the Erdegaard, the, um, the Vieira is probably more akin to like a Bernardo. But in this, you know, this Pakatar is, uh, obviously I don't want to compare him to KDB, but he's, he's a guy who, who does a lot of running, who, you know, who, who's happy to drift out to the wing, um, got a very, very good final ball and he shoots shoots you know that Dan mentioned it as well he's very comfortable shooting off either foot comfortably he's hit double figures for goals Dan in both seasons at Leon. um you know so his, so his end product is there his work rate stamina energy is there 
I think I think he's great, man. I feel like pre- pretty much I hope we can get him because this is probably if we do get him, it would be the marquee signing of the summer. We've had well, I say we've had we, we signed Gabriel Jesus, so probably you know on par. But I think you know when we talk about raising a level, if we could add Pakatar to what we've done, you know, with Vieira and Jesus, you know, I think Arsenal are really starting to move the needle offensively if we can get him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's five foot eleven, by the way. You keep saying he's six foot. I know it's is it? Well, Wiki said six foot boy. So nah, I'm, look, I'm... I see more, various various sources, but but this okay. is a minor thing. But I I, I think what, <laughs> what you said as well. <laughs> no, what you said as well is that like defensively, he he is very good, and it's I, I'm glad you picked up on it actually because um, in Jules there, there there's something about the way that he positions himself. So. He, he does have an athletic frame, but there's something about the way that he positions himself and goes about in defensive duels, which doesn't actually see him um, being beaten a lot when he does go up one v when he does come one v one in the contest. Um, I think he's got like a decent rate for winning the ball back actually, and um, I think he's extremely um, progressive with the ball. Like he's a he's a player, whether via um, carrying or by Passing, he's someone who has the ability to progress the play. And I think, you know, in equal measure, he can progress play from deep. But when he's higher up, he um, contributes to those entries into the penalty box in the final third as well. And um, I think Sean's spot on when he says, actually, this is the type of signing that completely moves the needle. And for me, um, I know like Robin Stanford's asking the question. For me, I don't think it's close, really. I think he's a different type of player to Tielemans, but I don't think it's Close, I think, like mm. Paketar pa- over Tielemans all day long for me. Like a player of his quality, like his flair, his technique, his you know. And I think he's he's not flair for flair's sake either. He's not a player who's gonna just do skills on the road to nowhere. Like you know, he uses skills to be able to beat a player. Like he'll beat a player, he'll go into the space, and then he'll find a sensible pass to to kind of distribute it as well and find his man and. Um, you know, I think he's been praised a lot for his really short, incisive passing and his interchange and his interplay. Um, and I see that a lot when I watch him. Yeah, you know, it's so, sorry, sorry yeah, to butt in because we, we're on the we're on the topic of Pakistan. Now, obviously, we're touch of goodness, man. This is touch of goodness heritage, man. I'm gonna have to pull up the FBF sheet, man. It has to be, <laughs> yeah. it has to be and it's 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 right here. So mm. I mean, Cooks, if you have it up. You might as well read some of the numbers. Um, but yeah, cool. yeah, that was the next that was the next yeah. thing that I was gonna do, really, because um I think it is very interesting to look at some of this stuff because it, it just gives you a clearer idea of the type of player they are as well. So, like I think what is amazing, um, just looking at this guy's FBF, and I'm using that word amazing on purpose, is that in terms of all the you know, shot creating and goal output, the lowest percentile this guy has is in the 93rd percentile, yeah? So I'm seeing all the shot-creating actions, 98%. Non-penalty XG and XA, 99%. Shots total, 99 Non-penalty XG, 99 Non-penalty goals, 97 um, And that kind of thing, right? So it's literally like yeah, the bar is insane. full. That's you know, insane. The, bar, the bar is really full. And then we're talking about dribbles completed. We're seeing 99 again. Touches in the attacking uh, third. Or in attack, attack and penalty area, sorry, 99. Progressive passes received, 99 um, as well. Progressive so, carries, 80th percentile. Um, yeah. Pressures, so as every, you lot were saying, 
in terms of, you know, his work rate, 87th number of tackles, 80th percentile, right? So yeah. I'm looking at this and I'm seeing a lot, a lot, a lot of green and that's versus midfielders. And we know that he's versatile, played in lots of different positions. But even when you click through comparing to forwards, I'm still seeing hella green. You know, compare them to attacking midfielders and wingers, I'm still seeing hella green. And so, you know, I think the thing that I find um, quite interesting um, about this signing is that he's, he, he definitely, as Dan, you said, he is an all-rounder. Um, and it reminds me to probably one of the, you know, like if I think back to, you know, comparing to Arsenal midfielders of old or the makeup of Arsenal midfielders of old, I think when, when in recent years, um, when we probably had our best season, I would go, I would think back to the 13-14 season, right, when Ozil first signed, um, and we had Ozil, uh, Kozula, Rizitsky in there as well with um, uh, with Giroud, and I think Podolski was around at that time as well, and I think in terms of the midfield makeup, um, when we did have all of those different types of playmakers in there, I think Ramsey, Ozil, and uh, Kozula, I think they were three very, very good players and they all had their different strengths and different attributes, right? You had Kozula, who on the ball um, was really, really press-resistant, can play off both feet, very creative in his own right. You had Ozil, probably the most creative player in the world um, at that time in terms of just pure chance creation. And you had someone like Aaron Ramsey, who was your more all-action guy, getting stuck in um, to tackles, interceptions, making runs, um, off the striker, etc., um, and into the box, yeah. right? And I feel like if you look at our midfield now, obviously it's slightly different, a uh, bit more, you know, compact. We've obviously got Thomas Partey in there with the in that, in that sort of lone six role, um, doing some of the defensive work, but also creating. And if you look at, you know, some of the attacking profiles that we have in front of him, I would liken it to that year that if you have someone like Paqueta there, who's maybe taking that Aaron Ramsey role, you know, doing a lot of pressuring, uh, runs off the ball, um, dribbling and he's capable of you know doing a final pass as well and then you have someone like Erdegaard or Fabio Vieira who um, can really do that you know Ozil role um, in terms of just being that final third you know facilitation as well as you know being able to play play that ball and I think that's probably one of the best seasons we had up until Aaron Ramsey got got injured you know I think we were right up there um, in terms of a, a title race etc I think that was when we went to these away grounds um, and and put in some good results um, at times um, and so you know that's sort of the way I'm, I'm viewing it in in terms of you know me all I've known is Arsene Wenger midfields right where we have all of these diminutive playmakers as we were called as we, we used to call them but you know we're sort of replacing a few of those profiles that I think we lost under Unai Emery you know that all of those guys left the club um shortly after Wenger left you know and I think that that is something that we have missed for a long time so you know I'm looking at this Paquetta signing and a potential signing and I and I, and I can really sort of see how it works um but I will play devil's advocate right now yeah so this is this is where you know Dr. Leroy is not here, so I'll, I'll do you know his shouting um, for him about midfield, right? Because you know I look at the end of last season, we went to Palace, um, we we played Brighton, uh, we played Newcastle, we played Spurs, and they had guys in the midfield who um, who really like to get stuck in. Let's say, right? They've now gone and like if you look at Spurs, they've now gone to sign Basuma um, to play there, who 
was basically, you know, Brighton's big weapon in the centre mid alongside, you know, Caicedo, etc. Um, another guy who who gets stuck in. And you look at Palace, who they've gone and signed Czech Decore, um to replace uh, Conor Gallagher, um, who's now gone back to Chelsea, etc. And I look at this and I say, well, who have we added to midfield? Fabio Vieira, who looks as skinny as, as they come. Um, and uh, if you go and add someone like Paqueta, who he's not a small guy, he does get stuck in, but I wouldn't necessarily say that he's got, you know, that, that PMP factor, you know, the same way some of these, you know, AFs um, that these other teams have, have signed, you know. So so I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm saying, when we go to these grounds away from home and we still have the likes of Erdegaard rolling up, um, Partey, who I think his robustness is probably a bit overrated um, at times, and then you have someone like Paqueta in that in that left centre mid. Are you guys not worried about you know potentially losing out physically against some of these other midfields? So, so my, 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 my my issue is less physical. You know, um, it's more it's, it's more just a case of quality, just generally like you know, PMP. I I I don't sort of sometimes like the way people talk about PMP like it's some sort of new phenomenon. PMP's always been there. There's always been PMP midfields. There's ways there's ways to get around it. Do you know what I mean? When we used to get pressed, we used to have the, the bigger issue was we used to have players who could dribble or play out the press. There's different ways to evade pressure, do you know what I mean, when people stick it on you. Um, there were guys that were bigger than Wilshire and Rizitsky, but them guys weren't getting blamed because Wilshire would have two men surrounding him. He would pick up the boy, he would dribble through the pressure. Now that's completely mashed up. And I remember, if you remember in the 2007-8 season, there was a time where teams stopped pressing Arsenal because teams tried to do it and Arsenal were evading the pressure every single time. So, you know, you, you can't evade pressure with guys like Xhaka, Elneny, and even with all due respect, Erdegaard to a degree who who aren't, you know, who don't have that ability to play, to play out the press. Do you know what I mean? It's not... So don't get me wrong, and I'm not opposed to having more PMP. You know, I love someone like Renato Sanchez, who I think is a fantastic physical and technical specimen. But I just think it's more a case of just quality. You know, someone like Pakatar, for example, is durable, he can compete, but he can also play through pressure. He can play out of pressure. He can carry the ball up the pitch. So I think it's more it's more about when you meet these teams who, you know, can stick it on you, it's about having the ability to to, to play out of pressure. So, and there are different ways to, to to combat it. So don't get me wrong, like, there, there can be issues, but I don't think it's the be-all and end-all to say, oh, my God, like, these PMP teams, you know, uh, you know, can blame us and we, we, we have no answer. Also, just because it's happened once doesn't mean it's going to continue happening, you know. We played them at the end of the season where we were missing, you know, we we, we played Brighton at home where we had Lokonga with ESR and Odegaard in midfield. We played Xhaka at left-back, do you know what I mean? We were having Elneny, who, you know, is an okay deputy, but we know what he is, he's very limited. So, for me, I think it's just about the quality uplift that will allow us to do what we want to do at all times, irrespective of who's there and who's not. So, you know, when people talk about why we buy in Paqueta, if we've got Vieira and Odegaard, one, they've got different qualities, but two, it's allowing us to sustain and be able to repeat what we want to do at a higher level. So, for me, it's, it's, it's a quality issue um, rather than a PMP outright issue. Um, not that I'm disregarding it, but I don't, I don't think it's, you know, the reason why we always struggle personally. Yeah, yeah fair. I, think, I, I, I agree. I think as well... If you think about the other side of that argument, yeah, there are teams with loads of PMP across the board who lack quality. And it doesn't mean that, you know, that they don't have a guaranteed 
success, even in different types of fixtures, you know. Um, even coming up against Arsenal, they don't have guaranteed success against us. Um, and if you think about Man City, I mean, sure, they've got Rodri, who's a tall figure. Some of their defenders are like tall figures. But if you look at a certain uh, point in their in in their side, like I'd say, you know, probably aside from Rodri, the rest of that front five, they're quite small, diminutive players. Maybe Mares is someone who's quite tall and and rangy mm. plays out wide, but the rest of the guys from Man City, they're they're small. You know, Sterling wasn't tall. Foden's not tall. Gundogan's not tall. Um, KDB, all right, he's five eleven, uh, six foot maybe. Same uh, around the same sort of height as Paqueta. So they don't get blamed by these teams with PMP um, because their technical level, like Sean said, is so um, superior. Their quality is so superior. So. Um, I, I I do see it. I actually sit on the fence on the argument because I see both sides of the coin and I would like a a bit more of a robust and destructive profile in midfield because I feel like you need all types, basically. But um I'm not I'm I'm not against this Pekata signing it at all. I'm not nah. Yeah, see for me, just just to get my two cents on this, for me, I feel like um We've seen what worked last 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 year, and people, and to a lot of people, surprised my surprise as well. Um, the way the team um shape was conducted, the way Xhaka played in that left centre mid role, the way it kind of all came together for a, a large part of that season, that people are now kind of fixated on the idea of what we have right now. We need to be able to replicate, but to a high level, and that's not that's not necessarily the way this team might go forward. And quite evidently, I don't think Atea thinks that's the way this team will go forward. He he very much, and if he, and that's why I asked on Twitter the other day, what do you guys think is the priority for the club this year in terms of when we're looking at overarching strategy? Is it the ball progression of the team? Is it the, is it the defensive solidity? It For me, it's quite clearly the potency in attack and midfield. Um, and they're really looking for players that can help us score more goals. And... Now they're having Pakata identify the player that can 100% do that. He can add to the potency of our attack, quite a lot of quality actually. But he also has things that, you know, a lot of attacking midfielders actually don't have. That desire, that work rate, um, you know, the stature to compete in physical duels and battles. Um, so he's, he's quite a unique profile in that way across Europe. You won't find a, a guy with, you know, his profile and have the amount of, you know, 99 percentiles that he has in you know i am um, you know creation and um, scoring um just facilitating of situations so i'm 100 not against that signing i need that signing to happen because um i look back at that palace game for example and i felt like palace press, pressed us i don't even think they pressed us well can't lie to you and uh, i don't think they pressed us well i think i think we got caught a couple of times and our lack of quality under pressure showed so what do we need? We need players with more quality under pressure. And I think Sean touched on it when, I mean, in that game, Pardew was still there. But who did we have at left back? Who did we have, have at right back that game? You know? Um, so I think that all um, ties in with that. So if you can increase the quality at left back, for example, I think that's a crucial signing for us. And that signing is kind of a domino effect signing. Because if you get someone that has, you know, real... Real ability of um, moving the ball forward um, um, and with pace and accuracy and um, bossing lines um, regularly, then you're you're helping the guys further up the pitch. So you, 
I'm not saying unlocking Paqueta because, but you know, you can unlock a player like that if you have someone on that side that can really feed into him, find him in the right positions and situations. So I think um, that signing for me, I'd like it to happen. I see why people want that controller type. I've seen that City and ideally we we get that type as well, just to have it in the squad. I think you need to have, what's, what's the English saying? You need to have different um, bows on your arrow or whatever, strings on your bow. This flipping German, man. Oh, my God. Butchering philosophicals. Yeah, but the thing is, I definitely agree with you guys, right? Because um, I think back when we were sort of, maybe before last season, um, when we were talking about replacing Xhaka, um, I think one of the things that I had on my list was just a midfielder um, number one, press resistant. They can they can go both ways, receive on the half turn. And one of the things that I really wanted was someone who could run in beyond um, and join the attack, right? Because I think that's something that, you know, we, we don't really see um, too much at Arsenal. And I think you see it um, at other teams quite a bit. You know, I, I do like goals from midfield. I don't, I don't think it should be necessarily um, a major... Uh, <clears throat> like priority from a midfielder i think obviously you know you want them to to firstly give you that control of the of the of the game but i think you know when you're a big club and you're going to have most of the ball um and teams are going to respect you i think having that extra threat from midfield uh, to unsettle deep blocks etc oh my god um is 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 priceless. This cat is on the chair behind me. Are, are you um, are you okay over there, bro? I, bro. I don't know about this man. I can't believe yeah. cat, cat woman is whipping your ass, boy. <laughs> it's actually it's actually a mad thing. But then also, yeah, um, I think I think uh, one of the one of the points I wanted to touch on before we moved on to um, listeners' questions is is definitely this left back situation. So it looks like all intents and purposes as. To be expected, um, Lissandra Martinez has elected to go to um, Manchester United over Arsenal. Um, me, for one, I'm not very surprised at that. Um, I think once you start talking about players linking up with their old managers, um, especially when, um, you know, I guess the club rivaling that bid doesn't necessarily have that much over them. Um, because for me, I'm looking at it. We don't have Champions League football to offer them. I'm pretty sure United could match any wage that we uh, put on the table. Um, so really, I think Edu and Arteta would have had to sell the project on an absolute mad thing for him to pick us over um, playing with a manager where he just got player of the season for his team, right? So um, I think the price that's being banded about right now, um, they're talking about over 50 million euro. Um, I'm not sure that represents value for um uh, for martinez but i what i think um i i will agree with is i do like his profile for that left left back role you know i've, I've watched the clips of him um studied the tapes um looked at the fb refs and for me that guy would have been um i think uh, a major game changer for us playing that left back role i think at center back i'm not too sure because of the height um, I know that he is, you know, a good centre-back, won the Copa America, this, that and the other. But um, I do think to be successful, a successful C CB in this league, you do need that height, you do need that presence, um, just because of the way a lot of teams play uh, big physical strikers. And without that height, I think you will struggle because, you know, players like Harry Kane, players like Dominic Calvert-Lewin, players like um, 
you know, Ivan Tony, uh, Chris Wood, uh, Callum Wilson, and all these guys. Gabriel Jesus. Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus, you know, and even centre backs. When you think about it, you know, your Van Dykes, your Matips, um, your your Ruben Diaz's, your Laportes, who are also fantastic in the air. Um, I think you're going to struggle if you're five foot seven, five foot nine, whatever his height is, um, because you're good in the air. But when a six foot four guy who's also good in the air comes and dunks on you, that height is that height's getting found out. Do you get what I'm saying? So I think it would have been a great left back signing. Um, for us, but you know the lights are firmly on him now. Signing um, as a centre back, if we're going to listen to reports for for Manchester United. So um, one thing that I wanna wanted to ask you guys though is that um, what are the alternatives now, right? Because I've been seeing that Grimaldo link. Um, I think today we saw Malinowski, um, who has been linked with the um, with the club before uh, under Una Emery, I believe. Um, and I think I saw a link that said that Malinowski was Ajax's replace, like ideal replacement for uh, Matt, Matt, Matt Bianco, bro. Oh, is it Matt Malin- Bianco? Matt, Sorry, yeah, Malinowski's the Atlanta guy, Matt yeah, Bianco. Yeah, yeah, so uh, Matt Bianco. So, um, I've seen that they were saying that he is potentially Martinez's uh Ajax replace, replacement, um, once he's sold. So, what do you guys think of um, of, of, of that link there? I, I think. Um, stylistically, it suits. It's very similar to Martinez. Um, he's a he's a bit taller, a bit rangier. Doesn't have the same level of passing range, I would say though. But he's probably a better ball carrier. So I remember, if you remember, this was probably one of the first links when Arteta came um, yeah, before we took Pablo Mari. I remember we we when we were speaking about him, and he's very very comfy on the ball. Um, so he, he's predominantly a centre back, but he can play left back as well. So um, because I think one of the important things to stress. You know, with this inverted left back role, it becomes very, very important to the way we build because at the moment we have party as a single point of failure. So people know that he's key to build up. But if we look at how we build up in the two, three, five, both the fullbacks will play in the same line as party. So, you know, some people think, oh, party will be left exposed. But because of how inverted they are in terms of build up and how important they are to stop in transitions, these guys are all, it's also imperative. These guys are good in build up. If you look at decent parts when we were, decent last season you look at Tommy Yasu who could break lines off either foot very very good at finding Erdegaard through the lines very very good at you know uh, finding ESR through the lines as well so it's important that we have that at left back to give us different angles to give us different it's, it's about I think Arteta spoke about more unpredictability essentially because the reality is the left backs we have can't do that they don't have the passing range to do that they don't have the you know the level of IQ to play inside with all due respect and Cedric we know sucks in jewels um, so really and truthfully, those are where we need upgrades. Because if if Tomiyasu, um, hopefully he's not a croc, but he missed four months of the season. So you know, um, potential is there that he could miss a, a significant amount of games again. So I quite I don't mind that Matt Bianco link. That probably infuses me a bit more than Grimaldo personally, who I wasn't very keen on, even though albeit on limited viewing. But yeah, I hadn't seen much of him. But Matt Bianco, um, you know. Is taller, he looks better in jewels than a Grimaldo, who's also very, very small as well. So that's why I was kind of against it personally. Yeah, I, I, and I think um, I think I touched on it in a group. I've seen, I've seen that Grimaldo guy play a couple of times. He looks like he's decent. Listen, I don't need decent, you know. Um, and and that role especially, I need I need someone that's. I have a very. Like, I think I have a 
get the blockbuster signing, um, which Lissandro Martinez would have been, which would have cost a lot of money. But I wasn't bored with that signing because I saw the vision for it. And I think his ball progression is passing, you know, is, is very, very good. And at left back, I think it would have accent it would have been better accentuated than at centre back, I think. Um, especially in this in the way we play. Um, but if we can't get him, then find the solution on the market that is, you know, um equal to what we did with Tomiyasu last year, you know. So that was not an expensive signing. Um, I firmly believe that these men have the, you know, these men have the the computers, they have the data running, they have the um database, they know what players are similar, they know exactly what kind of um skills they're looking for in particular, identify the players and move for them and don't make it too expensive, bro, because we got other things to do as well. But um, Madvienko, I, I would, I would assume it'd be in around twenty million, maybe even less. Um, you know, um, with the situation going on there at the moment as well, like it, it could be way less. So I think that's a very good solution. Um, I've seen him in the Champions League. Um, I remember when, uh, as Sharon said, when we were first linked with him, I was watching the tapes and yeah, this guy is actually quite good on the ball. Just didn't. At the time, I was thinking, at centre-back, no way. We can't run that in the Premier League. We can't run that in the Premier League. But at left-back, with the way we play, but run that, man. Yeah. Yeah, Shabs, any thoughts? Anything to add? I just remember seeing this brother getting cooked in the Europa League. (laughs) That first first season, it was was actually when Arteta first came in. Um, And he was probably one of the first players linked. So for me, it's interesting to say that we're still, um, he's still a player on the radar. But yeah, I remember pulling the files on him then and seeing him getting absolutely cooked in the Europa League. I'm trying to remember who it was against. But um, if not now, it will come back to me. I'll, 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 I'll remind everyone. But I do like him. I have seen him play for um, Ukraine as well, actually in um, some of the qualifiers and I think maybe uh, the Nations League I don't pay too much attention to what um, competitions there are it might have been Nations League qualifiers or, or whatever World Cup qualifiers but I've seen him play I like him I do like him um, yeah I think he is assured he's quite comfortable on the ball I think he's of a good physical profile um, he would be quite unorthodox at left back but it's not something that is um, completely alien to him he's played there um, he's been utilised there. And yeah, he's still a young player who's got the potential to grow. I think for what it is that we 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 um, want, for what it is that Arteta wants to do, I think we probably have to get the idea out of our minds of a traditional uh, left-back kind of in the Kieran Tierney mould, um, moving forward kind of outside the line or down the line. I should say, getting down the line and putting crosses in and whatnot. I think that's 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 very clearly not what it is that we want. And so, a different type of player, I think, is um, I'm absolutely fine with it. And yeah, as German Dan said, if we can get him for a reasonable fee, I don't mind. I, what I don't want us to do is spend ridiculous amounts of money at left back because I still think you know there's there's work to be done further afield, and I'd much rather prioritize that. I see like left back as an inexpensive solution, really. I think there are some internal solutions and there are um, some external solutions or options which you could buy which are not going to set us back or arm and leg. If we end up blowing the bag on the left back and we don't address all of the business that I'd like to see us address, it's the type of thing that will piss me off. Um, you know, I think having a good left back and an accomplished all left back 
it's going to add some um, security to us in terms of the way that we build up and a bit of defensive stability, but it's not going to move the needle for us, so to speak. So I'd, 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 I'd much rather have the spends where it means that, you know, we're going to, we're going to add more value um, moving forward. So that's what it is. But yeah, I like him and I'd, I would prefer him over Grimaldo and Grimaldo, I think, did he start at Benfica? But I, we know he's been at Barca. Whatever the story is there, but, you know, it's not worked out for him at Barca. Benfica, I don't know if the talks are true about the £7 million valuation, but £7 million coming out of Benfica. Euros, even. Euros, come on, man. That's not... That's not... Like... <sighs> That's, that's, that's a club. That's a club that gets. That's a club that gets paid very well they for their the players. Bag. They get the bag for their players. So if they're saying, "Yeah, you man can have him," run run us seven mil. They don't rate this guy. So I, think I hope Sinchenko's, that's what, what, what do you guys think? I think Sinchenko is an interesting suggestion. Um, I think he has a good age profile. He's a good technical um level. Um, definitely, and he definitely can you know play. Um, I would worry about him a bit defensively. I think. What I like about these um um these center bags that can that are a bit too small but can play left back is that they're usually very aggressive. Um they're usually very aggressive, that they are defenders by trade. Um mm-hmm. and I feel like they're, you know, willing to jump in the air, contest for the, you know, headers and all that shit. Whereas I think Zinchenko really is someone that Pep said, yo, just just hold that here for three years, three, four years, you know. He's I mean, he can track a man and run after him and stuff, but he's just not a defender by nature and by nature. So I'd rather we sign someone that is that naturally um and you know used to defending. And I I just I just feel like Jensenko isn't really quiet. But on the ball, no. I don't have that many concerns with him. Defensively, I do. Yeah, I, 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 on the rules, I, I, I do. So no. yeah. Now, I'm going to say, I actually quite like Zinchenko and I think I've warmed more to the idea of Zinchenko and how he would be utilised for for us, actually. And I think um, he still would have a job to do defensively, but I don't think, um, I don't think as such with a team that's going to get, um, you know, broken on or transitioned on and where he's going to have to do lots of 1v1 one, one, one defending a great deal and I think he's decent enough I think ultimately we'd be bringing him for what he gives us on the ball and in possession than what he gives off the ball and out of possession my reservation about Zinchenko is that it's a different entity it's a completely different entity doing this playing at left back in a ball dominant side such as City than it will be for us and yeah I suppose with what we're building we are going to dominate more games than not but I think it's still different playing left-back for the champions-elect, you know, that this is a superior Manchester City side than it is mm-hmm. playing for us, who we're still... We're probably now getting into the consolidation phase of our pro- project, but it's still a project nonetheless. So, yeah, there, there's there's a difference for me. And so, for those reasons, it is still a bit of a gamble. But for a decent fee, I also won't say no to him. Yeah, I think I think um, it's the sort of signing that makes sense because we've seen him at City. But I think I'm, I'm more with German Dan. I want to, because of what we're doing, is such a specialised role. I'd, I'd rather it be a defender rather than moving someone who's a midfielder into defence. Um, because yeah, essentially we attack with five and defend with five. So I want the guys who are defending to be good defenders essentially as well. So 
since we're taking, <coughs> excuse me, so many risks with the centre mid and pushing them so high, I need the five who are back to be comfortable in isolation, to be comfortable in wide areas, to be comfortable just to be good defenders. So yeah, I'd rather a centre-back conversion to a left-back rather than uh, a, a midfielder one. And I think also, I think he said somewhere that I think if he leaves it, he wants his next role to be as a midfielder wherever he goes. So I think that kind of rules it, probably rules it out anyway. But yeah, he might be on the list. Yeah, I think I, I agree 100% with what you said there, Sean, um, is that I think whoever we bring in at left back, I want them to be a specialist in either centre back or left back, right? So that you know you're going to get at least some sort of superpower from them. And I think the thing with Zinchenko is... I think he's good on the ball, and I think he's technically very proficient. Very, he's nice on the ball, um, but I think going forward, I don't think you get that that same level of quality personally um, that you might expect from someone that you move from midfield to left back. I think that if you look comparing his passing to someone like um, Lisandro Martinez, um, I, I still think that Martinez was, you know, much better than him. Um, at that, and then I think you know Zinchenko. Even though, yeah, we're talking about him as an inverted option, I still think that our left back is going to need to um, be able to overlap quite a bit. Um, I think he does it a little bit at City. Um, I'm not sure um, to what level that that level of overlapping is. And in, in this question here, when we say you know if we're we're talking about using him potentially in midfield, um, I, I wouldn't want to play. Zinchenko in midfield for Arsenal, to be honest. Um, I can't remember the last time I've seen him play midfield at club level. I don't think he has ever played there for Man City um, at club level. And I think that's quite telling, um, given, you know, um, the, the the flexibility that Pep has around his midfield and the type of players that he's used there um, in the past. So, you know, Zinchenko, he's not, he's not that high on my list. I think I'll probably take him... Um, late in the window, if we haven't been able to to nail, you know, a, a, a first choice target, um, because I think as well on that one, he's I don't know how many years left he's got on his deal, but as we've seen with Gabriel Jesus, even with a year left, Man City have the ability to tax you um, on that signing. So if that if the, if he's going to cost sort of 25, 30 million plus, um, I'm not sure that I'm going to move for someone like um, Zinchenko. And on the Grimaldo stuff. I don't want that guy, man. Um, he seems like a FIFA merchant, you know, someone that is just rated highly um, there. We've seen Tellez, who was supposed to be another one of these sort of left-backs come out of the Jeez. Portuguese league. This guy's come here and he looks, he looked terrible, completely out of his depth, um, you know. And I think Ronaldo, he did have, you know, some hype a couple of years back. There's been a few left-backs like that. Um, I think Jose Gaia was one. I've mentioned Tellez as well, where these guys have one great season. You hear about them and then they sort of go off the boil. And the fact that, you know, Shabs has said already Benfica letting him go for seven million euro, um, that's alarm bells to me because, you know, we just seen they got 100 mil for um, Darwin Nunes, who's basically only had one quality goal scoring season, you know. Um, so, so yeah, that, that definitely sings alarm bells to me, man. So, um, yeah, just going to go through some listeners' questions now as well. So, duh, 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 duh. Huh. so this first one from Ducks on Quack Nine. Yeah, funny. Who on TG has the worst tech? Because not gonna lie, I reckon it might be Shabs on the DL. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell, bro. 
Transcending for me, you know. Shabs, Shabs, defend yourself, man. Defend yourself. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, normally, I'm, I'm gonna say this. Yeah, my tech is not good either. So you know, it's, he said it's not evil. Good. I'm a centre back. I've never seen you. I've never seen you play football, man. I never seen you play football. <laughs> Honestly speaking, I can't run again. I'm decent at football, man. I'm not no scrub at football. I got decent tech. I see it. There's. I don't talk because there's levels in it. So yeah. until I see everyone play, there's different levels. Man might say, yeah, nah, I'm all right, I'm all right. And then they ball out. But God tech, man. That's it. But yeah. it's been a long nah, time. I, I, back, I back you, Shabs. I back you. I back you. I reckon you got some tech. You said that you, you used to play with your brother in it. So <laughs> I remember. No, I said my brother used to play with me still. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can play ball, man. I can play. That's yeah, it, I don't know. I, I honestly can't answer that question because I've not seen everyone play. I've only seen German play um, and and play a little bit as well. So um, other than that, I can't comment. So you've seen Lou as well, but yeah, oh, yeah, Lewis and Lewis, yeah, Lewis, play. Lewis has got yeah. good tech, good striker in the ball. Yeah. I ain't seen Lou play. I ain't seen no. I ain't seen no one. But I've seen Ant play. That's it. Like we all know, like at common, like Ant's levels, isn't it? Yeah, so that. so I mean, if you want to answer that question, you gotta come support Touchy Elevens. Yeah, you see, see, see who plays. People need to come down to Touchdown Fives, see how people play there. But Thanks. yeah, that was a, a jokey question for the to start off with. So um, another one. So someone says, uh, "This is Baitface Nate." He says, "Are you concerned with our current transfer policy of of only Portuguese speaking players? Is there some sort of internal agenda, lack of commercial acumen being pushed by Edu and Arteta?" Um, I said this in a group chat the other day, bro. A dude is just trying to sign or speak to people that he can actually talk to in his native tongue. He's coming into Arsenal not speaking a fucking word of English, man. Like, bro, man, English, his English is quite good, man. It's not, good. man. Hey, bro, Listen. it's not. I'm, I'm sorry. Listen. I'm sorry. When I came here and I sounded like Podolski, my English is better than this. <laughs> right now, man. Listen, I said this. I said this on Saturday. Um, again, man was sending for it. Man, man, man have been on to me, you know, in the groups. Like, it's like, I'll say something and like four or five men would jump on me like one time. I said this, I said that we need to see Edu being able to negotiate and broker some different, some different deals. Like, he needs to show us some different moves. It's only Portuguese and Brazilian links at the moment. Mm. We're not complaining because we like these Brazilian links. That's just, the, that's, that, that's the truth. You know, the moment that he sends for like a, a, a another kind of Pablo Mari-ish, and I know Mari's not Brazilian, but the moment he sends for them type of deals, people will be screaming, shouting, mm. forehead steaming. Like, we're not complaining because we kind of like this, but that's it, man. Yeah, that's it. Man's, man said he could bring the whole favela to um, um, to, to the Emirates. As long as they're ballers, we won't cry in it, so. Oh, I can't lie. Well, at the moment, he, to be fair, one thing, and I'm not in the business of getting, giving the due credit. So this is not me giving credit, just as a caveat, yeah? But um, one thing you, you should do as a sporting director is leverage your network, you know? And this, that's what he seems to be doing. And he see, well, I say leverage, he seems to be heavily relying on his network um, to get us the best up-and-coming Brazilian talent, um, Portuguese-speaking talent, I guess. So um, throw some drums in there, though, pussy. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure about that German one, though. You know, I think you're. <laughs> well, you don't want to get ugly. 
This your, is golden generation, your golden generation is a bit done out, you know what I'm saying? Hey, so, well, yeah, you better no, watch no. your mouth. Hey, man, man, unless they're going to bring me some, uh, you know, a young, a young work scare, I'm not, I'm not interested. You a young Musiala, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, man, you, man, you, man, you, man, are re-upping on the lighties and that, yeah, so <laughs> calm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, Yakubutsu7, he says, any worries are Saliba's contract situation and would you be happy with your window if it shut tomorrow? I'm going to um, say that I no to the second one. No. Yeah, I, I feel, um, I, I think I've said it a few times. I said, you know, so it, it'd be stupid for Saliba to sign a new contract right now and give all the leverage to Arsenal. Right now, he's come back after uh, numerous loans, he wants to see where he stands in the pecking order. And I think that's perfectly, perfectly fine. So I think that the likelihood is that um, we'll see how much Saliba plays this year. You know, he's now a French international trying to knock on the door of being the first team for the France, um, you know, for the France national team, you know, one of the best teams in the world. He wants to be a starter for them and he's he's en route to being that. So, you know, if he comes Arsenal now and he's not getting the minutes, he's going to want to dip next summer and no one's going to blame him. So I think it's a case of just watch this space, I guess. Um, you know, from an Arsenal perspective, they'd like him to sign now, but I don't think he'll sign and I don't blame him if he doesn't sign. And um, to the second question, no, we still need, for me, at least another two guys, so two, three guys before I'm happy with the window. Yeah, on the Sleeper thing, though, I... I'm quite I'm quite relaxed about it to be honest. Um I I know like there's speculation, you know, about him going back to Marseille, this that, and the other, but I actually just look at the situation like I, is there a club out there that is bigger than Arsenal that would be able to offer him more peace if we do, you know, sort of try and give him a bag now and will offer him significant playing time. And I don't think there's sort of a combination of all three of those factors. Um that will, you know, lead to him not signing, if that makes sense. So, you know, if a big club actually comes and moves for him, I don't think Arsenal will be letting him go to anyone in the Premier League, 100%. Um, anyone in Europe, are they going to be able to pay the fee for him? Or if he does wait out um, to Arsenal, are they going to give him bigger wages than what we're offering? Um, I'm not sure. And if and if they do move to him, is he going to be a, a, a starter at that, at that club either? I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so I think that we haven't played this particularly well, but I also think that the situation is such that if he does want to, you know, play and, and get some minutes and, and, and be out of a big club, play European football, this and the other, um, I think it makes sense for him to sign the deal. You know, I think the only reason that he wouldn't is probably down to relationship with management, you know, um, and, and how he feels treated, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I, 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 I'm quietly confident on that. You know, he links up with the team, links up with the preseason. We've seen him, you know, uh, his agent, you know, Instagramming the hell out of uh, London Coney. Yeah, so to me, that's all that's all positive signs, man. So I'm quietly confident that he, he does sign, um, personally. So, um, Guna London underscore, he says, none of the current hail enders... Um, boarded that flight to the States. Mikel has hardly given any academy players minutes during his time. Is this a cause for concern? What does he mean? Because Saka and Eddie are on that flight. Or... I think he means He's talking like about the like new the generation. Yeah. Like oh, Tino's not on the flight? No, nah. Tino's not there. I think 
I think, yeah. I don't like that. I don't like I that. Do, yeah. I do. For me, it is a point of curiosity as to why none of them currently um, are in pre-season because what you want to do is you want to use this opportunity to just blood a few of the players, see who, um, you know, you might want to set your eyes on for this year of, like, trying to break into the first team, trying to get into that match day squads, trying to get regular training in with that first team squad. But... There's a limit to how many players you can take, and the squad is extremely bloated. We've had all of our loanies come back. Um, five and there are guys who, yeah, and there are guys who have gone. Who, oh, shit. Yeah, and there are guys who have gone who hopefully won't be here come the end of the window. Let me turn right up on now, this turn again, man. They're here. So they've ended up on the tour. They're there. And I, I think that I think that's a casualty of, of, of that, really. Yeah, because I think the, the next question, which is from ASCFOS, I don't know how to say that, ASCFOSC, yeah, he says, why the frick did we take five goalkeepers on the tour and Torreira and not create space for the youth like Patino, Sousa, Aziz, Hutchinson? Seems like a waste, um, especially yeah, when Torreira, Leno, Runnison, Maitland-Niles, Bellerin are likely to be leaving. I, oh my God. I yeah, Runnison. Yeah. I think Runnison going is a disgrace. I'll be honest with you. I think Runnison going on tour is an absolute disgrace. I think you need to He's take... He's a first-team player, um, though. You know? But I think you need to take Ramsdale, definitely. I think you need to take Matt Turner and you need to take um, um, Hein. Yeah. Leno, I can kind of understand it. He's, he's, he, there's a um, bid for him. It's not fully gone through, so I can understand why you take him. But Runnison... Absolutely no way. We're not going to see him this season. You know what? I think this is a logistic thing, yeah? As a first-team player, contractually, as a first-team player at Arsenal, when they're going on tour, they're all going on tour. This is this might even be part of the contractual agreement. So they will all go on tour with their official Arsenal first-team players. So I'm guessing some of these hell-enders are not yet. I don't know. Has Patino signed a new deal? I don't know, you know? I think it could be a contractual thing that... You know, because I'm looking at someone like Runnison, he's not going to play damn, he's not going to play a minute for us ever again. No. But he's on that tour. There must be a reason for that. It's not because uh, they want him close to the squad, but you know, it could be. I think I think it was Leroy who said it before. I think Arteta likes like hierarchy. I think he he's also just basically saying because I think he said anyone who's not got a new club, they've got to come on tour basically. So every so basically every first team member is on the squad, whether they have a future here or not. Um, and that means the youngsters are, you know, they're, they're demoted. Uh, but I do agree. I think it's mad, especially when you're taking five goalkeepers and probably not more than two of them will play on the tour at all. Yeah. So yeah. that does, that does, that does have a bit it more. I mean, backwards. yeah, especially when I was, I was listening to Charles Watts today and he was saying, especially as they're not planning to send Patino on loan, that one does. I think that's the only one that's, that seems a bit odd considering they plan the plan they have for my man. I would have thought that he would have gone on loan. Because the only one that's gone alone is that that little seventeen-year-old kid. No, 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 is one centre back, and and the thing is, he's not going to play either. So, um, ain't Hutchison going alone though to Reading? I thought. Yeah, apparently, apparently they, there's but some some talk of that, but I'm not seeing anything confirmed. There. You know what? With, um, with this one, yeah, you got you got to prioritize what we want to be angry about. Yeah, this is not nice. But I'm going to focus on, you know, bigger topics. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it, it's not something I am I would say I'm overly concerned about because I don't know how ready any of those guys are to really contribute to our season right now. Um, I would say the one that's probably closest 
is maybe Patino, and we saw him last season or last January um, in a couple games, and I think he's still a little bit of a ways off before really coming into the squad. So I'm not, I'm not too mad at it. I think just in terms of you know the principle of it, you want to really be prioritising the future of the club, this, that, and the other. The tour is a is a good way to make them sort of feel part of the part of the team, give them something to aspire to, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and the fact that they're not on the tour. Um, you know, might upset a few, but um, really and truly, I'm about getting the three points. You know, I'm about getting the three points, and if that means that some of these fringe guys that we're not un- we're not sh- quite sure about their future, like a Torreira, like a Maitland Niles, um, like a Bellerin, uh, end up staying at the club, I'll prefer that they, um, you know, get that full preseason under their belt because we saw last season Partey goes down. Elneny has to step in, and that was someone who we thought was was dead and buried um, at the club. So I want some of these men to be ready because we don't actually know what the future might hold. We might not be able to shift these guys, um, and I need them being able to contribute uh, to us getting three points every week. So um, Khalil HT3, he says, there seems to be a, a lack of strong links to CMs of recent, um, which concerns me. Does it seem that Arteta is happy with his current options, specifically the six and eight positions, even with the uncertainty surrounding some players? Is uh, it top four quality? I mean, we <laughs> put it this way. I'm not going to get upset about the six because he, we know outside of party, he's going to play El Nani Lokonga there. Now, We've all got our opinions on them. None of us rate them that highly and we don't think they're the level, but the manager does. So I'm not going to go back and forth because the reality is they're not. That's who he's deemed as his backup and that's what he's put his hat on. So if they fail, it's going to be on his head that he chose not to sign a six. Um, Obviously, the centre mid is the latest link is Paketar. Before that was Tielemans. There's been, um, obviously, Milinkovic-Savic from Lazio as well. So, I mean, there have been links tentative. I, th- I think, obviously, where we're at now is that, you know, we started the window quite strongly, um, you know, with Jesus Vieira. Um, and, obviously, we, we then had the fail bids with Rafinha and and Martinez. So, we're kind of now at, you know, the limbo next stage. Like, what's the next move? Like, And, ideally, you know, the season's going to start in under a month now. So, ideally, we need to start getting the move on and, and finalising the main bits, I guess some people would argue you've got the main striker in, but I need that CM. So for me personally, that's the next one that I need to secure. So Paketar um, is what I need next in. You know, you can maybe argue that you can get the inverted left back later in the window if you're going to start the season with Tierney or, you know, and, and, and the possible right winger. But yeah, I need that CM in expeditiously, ASAP. Immediately, I need to. In fact, Edinburgh tomorrow. I need to. I need to wake up to Ornstein saying, "Boom, Arsenal have slapped down the bid for my man, bro." You know, I need to see that, bro. I need to. I need to because this dilly dallying with that blue shirt that you're wearing every day, bro, or your barbecue and steak, my friend. You know, hurry up, bro. Come on, bro. yeah. Yeah, season Edu, starts Edu's in doing, three weeks. Korean barbecue, Mahomes. This guy, man. He's he's got. He's gonna. He's gonna open up his. Uh, Radizio chain, man. I'm sure. <laughs> Bro, I've called it Edu's, yeah? Whatever, man. But season starts in three weeks um, on a Friday for us, right? Um, so hey, I Chris, think... You I... love a countdown, you know? Bro. Bro. That's, that's... I, I love a countdown, man. I love a countdown. Because, you know, this is this is how you, you judge people, man. You put milestones down. 
Mm. You put you put flags in the ground and you say, this is what I need by this time. And I, I think I would need one. I think I want the midfielder in by that time, you know, a midfielder or a forward, because I think we've not really seen enough happen to that attack for me. Um, I think Gabriel Jesus, good signing, very good signing, in fact. But I need I need at least one more body that would, you know, sort of affect our ability to to attack teams and really score goals before um, the season starts. Because I just need that excitement, you know. And I think our first five games um, are very key for us to 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 having a good season. Man, I think they're five very winnable games. We haven't started the season strongly in a long, long time. You know, we have not started the season strong in a long, long time. And I feel like something like that, it really takes the pressure off some the, the rest of your season. And I think, you know, the way we started last season, three loss on the bounce, where we started the season before, with that horrible October to December period, it basically just eliminates your possibility of really achieving your goals. You know, like we had to do a madness to 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 leapfrog Spurs last season. They won their first three, we lost our first three. You're now starting with a nine-point deficit, you know, and I, and I don't think that's a way that, you know, you can achieve your goals long-term if that's the way you're starting starting seasons and basically just writing off games. And I don't want us to do that. Um, I don't want us to do that anymore. Um, and I'd like to see us start strongly. So, um, last question before we uh, wrap up fully. So, this one's for Squire for Higher 28. Are you concerned by the lack of even mutterings of outgoings? What is the club strategy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think we need to shift some players soon. Like a hundred percent. I think that's a fair and valid question. We need to shift some players. I think there is an issue, and I think the difficulty we're finding shifting players is what we pay them currently, because some of these players just um even if a club can not many clubs can meet their valuation, which is why we're seeing stupid fees like five million for Torreira, but then um they can't come up with the fees as well. I think that was the issue with um Betis and Bellerin, maybe, or it might have been Villarreal with Bellerin, but yeah, I, I just I just don't think these guys can um um be moved on you unless are, they're willing to take reductions. Yeah, sorry to interject. I think I think it's actually not the ability of the, the buying club to purchase. It's rather than we've positioned ourselves so badly over the last three, four years that clubs know that if the player's on board, I, I can get my man for free from Arsenal. Yeah. You know, that's how they view it now. And and as recent as January as well with Obama Young. Exactly. Like, as so recent as <laughs> the Bellerin case, he's gonna be headstrong, he wants to go only to Batiste. He's turning down Villarreal. He's turning down Valencia. Um, and then Torreira. Fiorentina got how much money for Vlaovic in Jan? A lot of money. Mm. And they can't give us 15 for Torreira. It's because they know they can, they can wait until the end of the window and get him at a super discount or maybe even free. And that's what's you know, going to happen. I think there'll be some activity late in the window on outgoings. Um, none of the players that I think... we want to get rid of are actually, um, apart from Leno, um, getting interest right now. Um, mm. that is worth you know talking about. I, I think that's even part of the strategy, um, why we're taking a lot of these guys on tour. Um, it's to almost bluff down, it's to almost bluff, um, these teams into, into thinking that you know we, we, we might still use them. Um, because I think part of 
the strategy that we've done recently or, or in the past is that we've basically made these players unusable. This cat, man. Oh, my God. We've basically made Yo, these players unusable. <laughs> bro, this, this, this fucking cat is, is driving me mad. Um, we basically make these players unusable, right? And we, we've eroded their value so much and make it so public um, that... That that we're not they're not in the plans. That of course teams are just going to be like you know yeah. Um, uh, well, he's he's surplus to requirements. You know we're we're not going to pay you for him. Do you know what I mean? So um, I think I think the Abamyang one is just so mental to me. Right, it's absolutely just so mental to me that this guy went from you know the manager saying yeah this guy he's trying really hard working really hard to being exiled and leaving for free within a month. You know, I think that's just a, that's just an absolute mad thing. Um, 18 months after signing a contract, then you look at Kalasinac, you look at Callum Chambers, you look at all of these guys that we allowed to go to their last year, um, and we're doing it again. Bellerin's got a year left. Maitland-Niles got a year left. Nelson's got a year left. Torreira's got a year left. Leno's got a year left. You know, that's five players that we're trying to sh now shift, potentially. Um, look at someone like Pepe. I don't even know how we're going to get this guy. Uh, gone, even though um, for for everything that I've, I'm reading, he's pushing for a move as well, and we had we can get no interest because this guy started one game. Uh, he started no game, sorry, since October last year. You know, so if I'm there and I'm and I'm trying to get this guy, even if I'm interested in Pepe, I'll just be thinking, right, well, I don't need to to make a move. I'll probably get him along with an option, and I can do what Fiorentina are doing. You know, um, I'll let that option expire. Put Arsenal under more pressure, and he can. I could get probably get year one left. loan again next year. Next you know year, what I year mean, left for Pepe. year left, yeah. and 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 have us over a barrel. So it doesn't surprise me that we're not really getting interest for these guys. I think the way we've positioned ourselves has been abysmal. Um, seen to be a club that bends over for for agents, and I think the only good fee that we've got in the last sort of two three seasons is probably uh, Joe Willock. You know, and that was he had to do a mad thing um, on on loan at Newcastle. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure he's probably in another Nelson situation now. You know what I mean? So um, we'll leave it there for now. Um, final plug: myself and Shabs did uh, a, a, a basically an ESR season review, ESR ten and ten, uh, recorded on Monday. Um, that's up there, video uh, pod for the patrons. Um, so we went through, reviewed all of ESR's goals. Um, and just talked about, you know, uh, how well he did, where we think he can improve, where we think he's going to be utilised and, and what to expect from him next season. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure you do go jump on that um, on the Patreon. Um, but guys, Sean, Shabs, German, thank you guys for joining me. Um, and we'll catch you guys soon. Let's go. Network.